Welcome to Mind Matters News. I'm your very competitive host, Robert J. Marks. We've been talking to Sal Cordova about gambling, the algorithms of gambling, how to beat the game. And uh, Sal has been very nice to inform us of lots of interesting things, including advantage players and uh, people that that know the system that can go in and uh, take advantage of all the details and uh, walk away with big bucks. We ended up last time talking about Don Johnson and how he cleaned out Atlanta. Do you know how much money he made? Atlantic City. Atlantic City, okay. Oh, it's probably in the tens of millions of dollars. Tens of millions of dollars? In, In the course of a few months. Wow. Yes, he was very good at his craft. And so this was a guy that came in, he used comps in order to offset his probability of loss right? and was able to turn that to his advantage and won tens of millions of dollars. So they had to have found him out because if I was him, I would keep on going until somebody kicked me out. Oh, yeah. Well, they probably even before they found him out, it was just they were losing so much money. They said, we can't afford to keep this guy here. And I can't believe that this is... This is such obvious basic math. So the comps that he was offered was a loss rebate. So he was playing a losing game of blackjack. But his, again, going back to the law of large numbers, his loss rate was only half a percent. And they're giving him loss rebates of 10, 20%. Was he card counting? No. No, he was, right? doing, he was doing what they call basic strategy, which okay. going back to Edward Oakley Thorpe and his predecessors, they figured out if you play your hands just a certain way, so if the dealer has a certain card and you have your set of cards, you uh, in 21, you what they call hit or stand. Hit means you draw another card and you hope you don't go over 21, what we call busting. Yeah. Or you stand where you just say, I'm not going to take any cards. And, and so if you just take – in fact, the casinos will even give you the playbook. If you just ask the pit boss, they'll say, okay, this is the right way to play it. It's a publication they give you. Yeah, it's just a, it's just like a, a little index card with all the proper plays. Do they give you probabilities with them? No, they'll no, just say just, this just, is the optimal way. This is the best so way. So if to the do dealer it. has this card, you play it, and that's a, that's really nice of them. But you see, that's <laughs> that's. So you still end up losing. I, if I remember right, right, from a freshly shuffled deck, uh, your loss is what in blackjack? It's it's on average about half a percent if you use this optimal strategy that even the casinos will give you. Now, you think that they're being nice. One thing the casinos realize is you don't want to – there's an old saying, you can shear the sheep many, many times. You can only skin him once. (laughs) (laughs) I've never heard that. That's a good one. So they don't – you know, the way they realize that they could get repeat customers – is if you don't hurt them too bad, you let them have some good times. They'll keep coming. They'll be repeat customers. It'll, it'll add to the the atmosphere of the casino. And, sure. And, and and you want to see people looking happy. At least you don't want to have all these sad faces there, and they keep coming back. So they realize not not gouging them is a good way. So again, you can she- you can shear a sheep many times. You don't you can only skin them once. You don't want okay. to skin them. So what Don Johnson was doing, he was just playing basic strategy. And so that, you know, at least from the standpoint of whether they're dealing with an advantage player, uh, superficially, he looked like he was just just an average Joe. Now, he's a very good con artist. He would look like he was a loser. He did things that, you know, he uh, made him look like a degenerate, you know, all the girls and stuff surrounding him. And, yeah. Just, just kind of his mannerisms, but he he was hiring actors. So he, he hired actors. 
well. He hired actors that were uh, 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 adult movie actors, actresses. Oh, from porno. <laughs> that that's the reports I read. That's a report. So okay. he looked he looked like a real degenerate, and and he 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 acted the part real well. Uh huh. But he was playing he was playing just basic strategy. But it was the uh, another department that they weren't monitoring that was giving him all these loss rebates, and so he cleaned them out. So let me ask you this: casinos learn from their mistakes and they fix them. Like I understand today, they have to very carefully balance the roulette wheel. Okay, there's no there's no more tilts. We talked about shooting craps last time, and how you have to shoot craps right now where you can do no dice sliding. How did they get rid of this thing that let Don Johnson win all these big bucks? I think they had to lose enough money and they came to their senses. But like a lot of organizations, you have pockets of total incompetence yeah. in one department. And it's going to negate all the skill and and diligence that's handled in another. And 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 so this is what happened. The, the marketing department was out of sync with basically the quality controls of you – know, and the accounting and just managing expectation values. And Don Johnson kind of had – somehow he sniffed that out. I that, see. That the, the marketing department was not really looking after the bottom line like they should have. And someone was asleep at the wheel uh, or asleep at the helm. But the funny thing is I, I think it was multiple casinos that began to, to start to compete. I guess they figured, oh, that they're doing it, so we ought to do it too. And, and, and – Apparently, they weren't too sharp. So, so I'm wondering, do they still offer comps? I think they would have gotten Lost rid of them. Lost rebates like that? Well, unfortunately for Advantage players, Don Johnson decided to keep making some more bucks. So he started to become a consultant to oh, these really? casinos. How not to uh, not to do stuff like that. And so uh, his fellow Advantage players were kind of mad at him for that. I so, see. So it, it's just funny how that It's that like will... a hacker that gets caught goes to work oh, for, yeah, for exactly. the NSA or the FBI. Exactly. So this is this is an example of uh, again, you know, like a lot of organizations, uh they'll have pockets of competence and little co- pockets of incompetence and this is where it hurt the casino and an advantage players always looking for that where someone probably in the higher-ups made a really dumb mistake. Looking for the weakest link. Right. You know, so I used to think that the game of poker was a game that involved skill until, I think it was about a year ago, a artificial intelligent program named Pluribus beat the world champions at Texas Hold'em, which really surprised me. I thought there was so much psychology in the game of poker, but the fact that an algorithm could beat the world champions in in, in Texas Hold'em, which appear seemingly every year you get the same people rising to the top playing Texas Hold'em. That really fascinated me, that there was really minimal contribution to psychological psychological uh, aspects of the game. Had you heard of that? No, I've not heard of that. And, and uh, because I don't have a poker face, people can read <laughs> me really easily. Okay. I've never touched that realm at all. But there are some people that are very good at reading other people, uh, the reactions to the hands that they've been dealt, yeah. and and their bluffing patterns. Uh, okay, I, I actually, does, I does that surprise you too? That a that does surpri- that yeah. actually does surprise me a lot. Yeah. So uh, I could only assume that the the algorithm was keeping track of bluffing patterns of the, of its opponents. Yeah, I don't know the details of it, but. Um... 
anyway, they taught it to do it, and that, to me, was just astonishing. Uh, let's talk about gaming oversight. The casinos have oversight of the games, and you see these casinos, and they have little, these little black half spheres on the top, which are cameras that are monitoring what's going on. What are they looking for? One of the first things is game protection, meaning the casinos want to make sure that their own, own employees are not stealing and then like oh you mentioned that to me that, that that's their biggest fear is that the dealers for example are going to stick a few bucks in their pocket right or up their sleeve and yeah. there's one case where in one casino in Tunica Mississippi the box man i think they call it it's been a long time since i've played craps okay uh, the head of the craps table was he's taking, called the box man i think he's called the box okay man. last uh, last podcast well, we started to make a uh, a glossary so we're going to add that to this box man Okay, he's the guy that's head of the craps table. I think so. And he he would take these $1,000 chips and, and like put it in his sleeve or something very discreetly. And then somehow he would put it in his mouth and, and then he would kiss an employee and transfer oh, the chip. Oh, my goodness. Okay. His girlfriend, employee. Uh-huh. And, and and so for a while, surveillance was having a hard time figuring out how how is he. Do they check dealers and boxmen when they come off the floor? Do you know? I don't think they do. Okay. So, so that's what the surveillance is trying to, to to track. But he was really good at concealing where all this was going because they were trying to see if he he was pocketing it or something. And and just the way he, I don't know. There was some action he was doing. He might have not even touched this pocket. I think maybe he was really good at using his hands and his palm to hide it, and he would maybe just uh, put his hand up to his mouth and then consume the, you know, put it in his mouth. And they, you know, they thought, well, he, he's obviously not swallowing it or whatever, but he's exchanging it when he was Those chips it. are pretty big. They would be I know, hard to swallow, I know, right? I know. So I, Unless you wrapped it in a meat yeah. ball maybe or something. So, so that's the first thing. Um, that's what the cameras... Also, they try to protect the patrons in case one patron's trying to steal money from another. I do have some... Stories about that, some of these ladies would come up to you, and if you have a big pile of chips, they'd start to be really cozy with you. Yeah. And I would have to put my hands around my chips because I didn't want her stealing it. Oh, really? They would sneak up and slip a few they chips? They call them rail bandits. Yeah. Okay, there's another one. What is it? A rail bandit. A rail bandit. <laughs> okay, that's a good one. Okay, a rail bandit. So, so, so these, uh, and they could be women of ill repute. You don't, you really don't know. And uh, sometimes they'll cozy up, or they'll they'll try to say, "Hey, can you can you spare a chip here or there?" And, and so surveillance will be watching some of this, you know, to, that's to protect the patrons. And really, last and do the casinos discourage you from giving stuff to these ladies to these real bandits? They try to discourage the uh, women from being there if they figured out who they are. I see. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Bad for business. <laughs> do they have the ability to ban people from casinos? Oh, yes. Okay. Uh, so one of the better things, actually, is that they ban addicted gamblers. So some Good. of these yeah. gamblers that enter a, uh, a program to kind of be in recovery, uh, the casinos will cooperate uh, with each other to say, we're going to make sure this guy doesn't get in. And one of the reasons for that, I mean, unfortunately, the casinos would love them to come back. But sometimes the the city or state laws say, okay, you can't do business in our, you can't set up a casino here unless you have a uh, a gambler's recovery type program to help them with their addictions. I see. So the casinos will comply. It's like, okay, 
we want that license, so we'll do it. Even though we'd really like to just get these guys, we're going to meet them halfway because, you know, some of these advocacy groups will will insist. But how do they monitor people? Like maybe a card counter gets expelled or a, a gambling addict gets expelled. Do they do face recognition? Do they got a guy at the door that is that has memorized so all these mug shots? Uh, they, they use facial recognition now. They do. Uh, and, then, and then also just sometimes, like the sometimes federal- now they will have guys just the – you have to present your ID, and I don't know if they're scanning it now. It would be really easy now to just present your ID, scan it. Uh, also, if you're if you're a frequent patron, the dealers would recognize you, the the staff. So, but just like a card counter, you could casino hop. It seems to me. Until they start, they photograph you really well, and then they circulate your photo, which they did to me, and it's called the Surveillance Information Network. Okay. The acronym is SIN. So I was, I was put, my photograph is circulated in the SIN network. And one time I was in a casino in Michigan and I got axed. Really? And I drove 300 miles and I said, they're not going to get me there. And they got you. I walked in, I played a little bit and they said, oh, well done, Mr. Cordova. And so Uh they had me, yeah, they had me. And I'm just like- So what do they do? They come up and tap you on the back and- so, well, sometimes they'll be subtle like that, where they don't they don't want a physical confrontation. But yeah. if they really want you out, they'll bring security and say uh, they'll come and say, uh, "Sir, may we have a word with you? We uh, we've determined that uh, your action is too strong." Or they'll say um, they won't even say anything, but uh, they'll come up and say, "Sir, may we have a word with you? Uh, please step away from the table. You can cash your chips, but you're not welcome to come in the casino anymore." I see. Or so sometimes they, they'll they, say, or sometimes they'll be half nice. They'll say, "You're welcome to play any other game, but you can't play blackjack anymore." I see. Now they have these tribal casinos around the land that are run by Indian reservations. Yes, yes. And and so they're not subject to like federal and state law. I mean, I'm sure that there's some things that the states can do, but in those cases, one time I was uh, I was taken aside by the casino security and then detained. And they said, well, it's up to the tribal elders to decide your fate. Oh, my gosh. Because you're not on U.S. land. Exactly. I'm on the on the reservation. They oh, let boy. me go after they just kind of, you know, tried try, try to in, intimidate me. Did it work? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would imagine. It, 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 I, I'm it, it easily just, intimidated. Um, I, I, It worried me for a little bit. But I, I said, you know, they can't, you know, as long as they're not going to draw their guns if I try to run away, then... I didn't feel that. What they did is they took my driver's license and wouldn't return it. Are you serious? Yeah, they said, can I have your ID? And then he just ran off with it. And I said, okay, I, I could I could walk out the casino, but I can't drive my car back home. So how'd you get your license back? They came back 15 minutes later and said, okay, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll let you come back to the casino, but you can't play blackjack the way you're playing it. When you bet, you have to bet. Your starting bet has to be this. You can't vary your bet because that's how you beat it is when you've calculated the odds are favorable to you. Yes. Then you raise your bet. So sometimes it's very obvious if you're a card counter, you you're you start off betting $5. Now, there's one guy I saw it in Las Vegas. This was not on the tribal casino, but I, this, is the, this is the ideal way to play it is you're just betting the minimal amount. Or, or better yet, you're just kind of standing at the table and watching the other players bet. And when the what they call the the shoe is hot, 
meaning it has a very high density of aces and tens. Okay, so you got all the bad cards out of the way. Exactly. So this is basically the idea. See, in craps, it's independent trials. But in blackjack, the information you gather from the cards that are dealt out are telling you what's remaining in what's in, coming in, up, right yeah. in the deck. And so if it's a hot shoe, meaning it, it's rich in tens and aces, that's the time to bet. And so this guy, he started betting $5 at a time. By the end of the deck, he was betting $1,500. i am just like, yeah, it's really obvious. Uh, he, he knew the odds were in his favor. It was, it was fun to watch him play. So uh, the countermeasure they could say is, well, we're going to be nice. We'll let you play blackjack, but you can't vary your bet. They call it flat betting. You have to Whatever you start off with, you just got to keep betting that amount. Now, we've seen that casinos always look at the games, and if they find a way of cheating, uh, they kind of change the rules. We did that with dice sliding with craps. Um, now, what, what do they do to discourage card counting? What are some of the things that they do other than surveillance? Clearly, they can right. do surveillance. Yeah, so, so other than banning you from the game or banning you from the casino, and there are all sorts of, t- you know, like the, the softer countermeasures where they'll just say you can't vary your bet when you're there. Okay. What, they what change, it, the, rule, they change norma- the rules. What is it normally? Is it a bet as much as you want? Is there a limit that you can bet? Normally, there's a limit. Okay. Because the casinos want the large numbers to be in their favor. And so if they allowed the bets to be big, they could actually be wiped out by variance, meaning- Oh, uh, the volatility, the up the and The volatility. Down. Yeah. And that's really scary in the craps games for them because sometimes there could be this event that might happen you know, once every- two years or three years. Yeah. And what sometimes the players will do is they'll win and they'll just rebet everything that they won. So they just keep doubling their bet. And if they happen to be on a on on a streak that is typical, it could cause the casino to lose a large amount of money. So the way the casinos defend against that is to put um, betting limits. I see. Uh, because <laughs> to help the law of large numbers work in their favor. But you were asking about the other things that the casinos have done to right. circumvent. They have, they've changed the rules, the payouts in the game. So like it used to be, if you got a blackjack, it would pay three to two. You'd basically get 50%. So if you had a $10 bet, you would normally, if you won, you'd normally get $10. But if you happen to have a blackjack, they'll give you 15. I see, okay. The first thing they did is change the payouts in some games to 6-5. You can't beat that game uh, with ordinary techni- card counting techniques. The other thing is they've had these con- continuous shuffle machines where uh, after the dealer deals out the hands, they'll put it right back in the shuffler. And so you lose all the advantage because the idea is... Oh, so, so the cards are returned and there's an automatic shuffle and immediately, it's, a, it's a new yeah. shuffle. And, and it's a so new it's sh- just like a fresh deck all the time. Exactly. And you the, can't card count that. That's correct. Yeah, okay. Unless you have a full table where you might be able to get kind of a little bit of an advantage because you've seen some of the cards. You don't have a very large advantage in that. Uh Um, Some people have tried, and um, for the most part, you don't do it. Now, the only time that I've known the continuous shuffle machines were beaten is, again, because the casino made a marketing mistake. Uh, They made a marketing mistake like the the loss rebates. And this this time it was they had two generous the coupons were too generous. Yeah. And somehow the advantage players got a hold of all these coupons and they cleaned the casinos out for millions. 
in yeah, Macau. That, that, that's fascinating. They also use multiple decks now. They used to not use multiple you can, decks. You can count right? down multiple decks. I've done it. You Really? So yeah. how many decks can you count down? Eight, you clearly, eight. You can go up to eight? Yeah, I've counted down oh, eight. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and they also do surveillance. How does that work? They, they watch how you play? and They can watch how you play or they have a videotape of how you play. And then they'll put it through a computer and say, okay, these are the cards that were, were dealt out. This is how the player is betting and the way he's playing his hand. And the computer will do an evaluation. And he'll watch you play like three shuff, through three shuffles, three shoes or three decks. And then they'll say, okay, the odds of him being doing this randomly are like that. Otherwise, and they do this in real time. Is that no, right? no. Sometimes they'll just do it uh, just through video surveillance tape. So the next time the patron comes in, oh. they can take. That's what they did to me when the uh, the tribal elders had. <laughs> you know, they reviewed the tapes and said this guy's too good, and 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 so that's what happened to me. If you have something there about some of the interesting players, I could share that too because that's kind of interesting too. Sure, tell tell us about the interesting players. Well. Some of them are math professors. One of them, this is, you can look up the name in uh, Wikipedia, Michael Conjar, C-A-N-J-A-R. He, yeah. was a, he was a math professor at uh, Detroit Mercy School. You know School. if they made a movie about that? There was one where starring Kevin Spacey. It was a movie called 21. 21. Yeah. Was, was that about him? No. No, no that, was, that, was somewhat, that was somewhat fictitious, but MIT had a big tradition starting with Ed Thorpe of all these skilled players coming. I got you. And, and so the movie was loosely based on kind of the true history of that MIT tradition okay. of technical excellence. So they're good at engineering and they're also really good at the casinos. So math professor, he won like a quarter million dollars and that's even considered not too big among the professionals. But really? he gave some of it, he gave almost he gave a large portion of charity. And there, there was also a Catholic priest Right. He he had the uh, vow of poverty, <laughs> and, and so he <laughs> oh, he used his black. He was he he was an economics MIT graduate, PhD, and he said, "Well, I'm doing this for the greater glory of God," and so he he donated his winnings to the high school to Boston High School, which is I think related to Boston College, and he he got their athletic centers. Now some of the other ones went on to be like hedge fund managers, like Edge Thorpe. One of them invented SMTP, Simeon Dukak. So he was phenomenal. I don't know what this... In email, SMTP. Oh, okay. Yeah. So usually some of these guys are just, uh, they would be skilled. They had the minds that would give them advantage. I think one of the most influential would be Bill Gross. He ran a gigantic hedge fund. Spell his last name. G-R-O-S-S. Okay. He After he got kicked out of Las Vegas, I think he had an injury and... So during his convalescence, he learned how to card count. He went to Las Vegas for a year. They kicked him out, which probably was the best thing for his career. He went on to be a uh, trading in bonds, and he had the largest bond hedge fund. I think it managed like a trillion dollars. Oh, and, and so, and he his saying was, the way we run our hedge fund is we're just like playing blackjack every day. You know, we're always looking for advantages. So uh, these are some of the interesting characters. There's Russell Sands, who was a blackjack player and a backgammon player. He was the backgammon champion. He um, They have champions in backgammon? Yeah. I guess, okay, I guess that makes sense. Um, I don't know that he made money off of it, but he, 
it again displayed, he may have made a little bit, but it displayed his skill. He teamed up with Richard Dennis. Richard Dennis is a famous uh, futures trader. Uh, Dennis is, uh, he, he started out with 400 or $1,400, turned it into $400 million oh my using mathematical techniques. I think he teamed up with a mathematician named Eckhart, and they just made a killing. So there was a bet between him and someone else to say, can we actually make good futures trader, or is it something that they just is intuitive? And he formed what was called the Turtles. And the Turtles were, uh, he just gave them this program of how to do futures trading, just very simple rules, and they obeyed it, and they made a killing. Was this after Black Shoals? Yes, after Black Shoals. Yeah. And and so Russell Sands was one of these, one of the turtles. I mean, he's also a famous uh, blackjack player. So there's some really interesting characters that uh, have ended up being casino advantage players. And so there's kind of a rich history even of how these guys, where they ended up post their career after they get kicked out of the casinos. Another one was Alan Woods. He made $2 billion in horse racing. Really? And he had computer analysis, and he just made a killing off of it. During the crash of 2008, he had all these futures, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, options bets on the NASDAQ market, and he pulled out six weeks too early. He would have owned the NASDAQ, really? figuratively speaking. Yeah. Uh, he would have made a killing during that, that big meltdown. He was just six weeks off if he had held it. So there, there, there's some very good... You know, they apply their casino skills in brick and mortar uh, casinos and apply it to to, to financial enterprises, and, and some of them are very quite successful. That's amazing. Let, let me ask you this: Is there still an opening for an advantage player in Vegas? If a person is smart enough, could they go in and there's still these loopholes where they could do be advantage players? That's a good question, and I don't know the answer because it's been twelve years. No, it's been now about ten years since I was kicked out, and after <laughs> I was kicked out, I just I did I went on to, to to other things, and and so I haven't followed it. The last time I went into a casino was just to use the restroom oh, is on right? my way to one of the conferences you and I attended actually okay. out there in West Virginia. So yeah. there were West Virginia casinos. So I'm I'm sorry I don't have the answer to that. Okay, so you haven't followed any other people that have gotten rich recently. That's correct. Okay. That's correct. That that's interesting. So I, I would just I you know uh, suggest to the viewers they they could probably you know just look it up and if you can make money, do it. You know. Yeah. If you have the skill and the discipline, I would caution them that if they have the gambling types, not to go in the casino. That's the best thing you can do. Yeah. It, 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 that's kind of the really sad side of it. So I, I was on the fun side for a while, but the sad side is just seeing how it ruins so many lives. Yeah. And I had to kind of close my eyes to that a little bit. Otherwise, uh, yeah, I'd probably not want to walk wander in. That is really interesting. Now, since this is Mind Matters, I did want to offer one thing. Sure. This is an interesting application of human and computer intelligence. So the computers were a big part of sometimes, like particularly in blackjack, calculating if the game was even beatable and for, formulating a methodology so uh, Dr. Thorpe was using computers for a year up there in MIT, and people like at Aberdeen Proving Grounds, the Jet Propulsion Labs. This is very interesting. You know, uh, yeah. Thorpe 
published his paper, A Favorable Strategy for 21 in 1961, which was roughly around the same few years that Bernie Woodrow at Stanford used a neural network called the Adeline oh. to play 21 and and claimed, I don't know the details, but he did claim that his um, his Adeline computer beat the theoretical maximum of winning. I don't think he did any card counting. I think it was assuming every hand was from a freshly shuffled deck, but it, it came out fine. Well, we've been talking to Sal Cordova, and next time I want to ask you about your career in card counting, and I want a tutorial on how to card count. Okay. 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 So we'll talk to Sal some more. And so until next time, be of good cheer. This has been Mind Matters News with your host, Robert J. Marks. Explore more at mindmatters.ai. That's mindmatters.ai. Mind Matters News is directed and edited by Austin Egbert. The opinions expressed on this program are solely those of the speakers. Mind Matters News is produced and copyrighted by the Walter Bradley Center for Natural and Artificial Intelligence at Discovery Institute.